Hi, I'm Gina. I'm a sleep practitioner and I work in Peterborough. I'm the mum of two teenagers, uh, one of which has complex needs. Hi, I'm Karen and I work as a sleep practitioner over in Northamptonshire. And I'm also mum to a 14-year-old son with Down syndrome. This is the Sleep Right podcast. In this episode, we're talking about relaxation bedtime environment. You can find out more information and support for families of disabled children at scope.org.uk forward slash sleep. What is a relaxing bedroom environment? Well, firstly, it's important to understand that children really benefit from having a calm bedroom environment um, in order to promote relaxation and help them get a good night's sleep. And it's really also important to spend some time planning your child's bedroom to make sure that it is relaxing rather than too stimulating. There are many products on the market these days that can actually overstimulate a child and then that could possibly lead them to develop sleep associations that then can't be maintained through the night such as overstimulating lighting or maybe projection, maybe project stars onto the ceiling and things like that. So it's really important that you look really carefully into it all. I think it's being mindful that to remember that as the parent, you make the choices. So one of the things I sometimes have heard, you know, my child really likes fire engines. So then they go and they spend a lot of money on a real flash bed and then, you know, lots of murals and stickers on the walls and really bright you know busy colors which you know aren't great really for a lot of our kids that we work with I always liken it to walking into a supermarket there's just so much information to have to process about your environment that it's possibly better to you know to start kind of at that level and you think okay what do I actually want to promote really Yeah, absolutely. And I think these days children are so influenced by the world around them. And, you know, you've got so many little football fans and they want their Man United Reds and their Chelsea Blues and they want everything matching. And as parents, we love our children unconditionally and we want to make that bedroom beautiful for them and we want everything to match. And that that possibly is fine when you've got a child who sleeps beautifully. But when there is a sleep problem, that's when you realise that potentially that has to be stripped back. I think when we talk about colour schemes, we talk about possibly decorating in sort of the more neutral, calming colours because the bright colours, the the reds and the blues can be overstimulating. So, you know, it's really important to sort of really tone it down as much as possible. I think you're really looking at like pale, neutral colours. Obviously, on trend at the moment is grey everything. So, um, and it works for boys and girls, but I think it's just thinking, you know, you want a pale kind of neutral environment. You don't want really busy wallpapers and things like that. You need to be mindful of what you're putting on the walls as well. So we always say like, you know, if your child's really into something or, and you want to have a feature wall or you want to have lots of posters and, or pictures and things like that, always do it kind of on the headboard end. So it's not something that they're looking at throughout the night. 
because sometimes, you know, starting off, they might love an, you know, a poster of a particular character of something and then, you know, roll on a few months. And, and I've had some children say that, you know, the eyes are following me around the room. So it's just being future proof. Little is best rather than more. And especially if you've got climbers, it's about, you know, do you really need to have a lot of furniture in the room? And also it's it's important to think about what the window looks like. We need to have as dark an environment as possible in the bed in the bedroom to support a good night's sleep and also to help produce that melatonin. Um, blackout blinds can be really helpful, particularly during the summer months when you know it's much lighter later yeah. on in the evening. You can actually get grow blinds that actually velcro onto the windows. There are so many different Um, options that you can use these days that aren't too expensive so you know compromising on sort of cheap linings on thinner curtains can also really help one thing to consider also though if your child is afraid of the dark or maybe has a visual hearing impairment they might actually find a completely blackened room makes them more anxious definitely So in those circumstances then you know parents can choose a nightlight with a soft glow that can then be safely left on all night and you kind of want to aim for like a, a golden-y kind of or like a white fairy light type of thing. You know, yeah. that's what kind of what you want. I think one of the things that I will probably steer away from is this disco light bulbs. <laughs> I mean, I've I been know. in some bedrooms that are better than sensory rooms that I've been in. You know, and I think parents and I know we're all limited for space. And I think sometimes is even if you have all the sensory stuff, it's having a time and a place and I would always associate it with a different room of the house rather than the bedroom and I think if you choose a a nighttime light that needs to stay on all night is to be mindful so lava lamps are lovely and they can be brilliant and calming but equally they're probably not best left on all night they tend to get quite hot that's right and there's also the risk that some children may break them um, we do have some children who might have quite severe behavioural issues and everything may get broken in the room. So parents will only really have the main ceiling light. And the bulbs in the ceiling ceiling light can be quite bright. Even with a low wattage bulb, sometimes it can be quite bright. So we would recommend maybe replacing the normal white bulb with a red or orange bulb. And that doesn't then suppress the, the sleep hormone from being produced quite as much as a white light would do. I think the main thing is just to be mindful too, like, you know, toys. It's great to have toys and that's fine. But I always use the example, you know, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep next to an all-you-can-eat buffet. So I don't expect a child's going to be able to sleep next to, you know, a, a vast array of toys. And even children that don't necessarily get out of bed and play with toys, they can still lie in bed and imagine, you know, and use their imagination. So plastic stacking boxes, tucked under the bed or even you know covered with a cloth is brilliant you know that's really going to give block out all that kind of environmental factor you know where it could be quite busy. Um, Another thing to consider is the temperature of the room Um, if the room's too warm that can um, disrupt sleep and if it's too cold it could be waking the children up in the nights. Ideally, the bedroom temperature should be around 16 to 18 degrees as a guide, really. And um, there are products on the market that are available. We, we, we can't particularly recommend anything, but you're there to sort of give you a guide on to room temperature. And something to think about as well, which kind of ties in with room temperature. But equally, if you've got a child who's really active sleeper, so even when they're asleep, they're constantly moving around. You know, it's thinking about 
more often than not, they might be kicking the covers off. That could be then, you know, waking them up. And and especially yeah. like, you know, three in the morning, your body temperature is at its absolute coldest. So something to kind of think about is, does your child like that kind of feeling of being cocooned and, you know, and kind of like contained, almost like being swaddled, like, you know, some babies were sleeping bags, brilliant for that. Um, other things to think about is like a flat sheet, just kind of put over the top of a duvet and tucked in tight on both sides, kind of gives a feeling of a, a weighted effect without the cost of a weighted blanket. But equally, it can stop, you know, the covers actually being kicked off the bed at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And um, some children who also like the cocooning effect, but without the actual pressure, might might like to have sort of a bed tent or a canopy over yeah. the top of them. And that um, can often really help too. Yeah. I think what's really important, just as a, as a summary with all this, because I think we've covered absolutely loads, is to remember that a bedtime should be, the bedroom should be a place that is a positive environment. So to try and remember, I think, as parents to not use the bedroom as a place that a child will be sent as a sanction, because that yeah. then can then turn it into a negative environment. And, and that then is not going to turn into a positive association to re- for relaxation for sleep. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Our Sleep Right service, like all services at Scope, are only made possible by the generous donations of our supporters. Thanks to them, we're able to be there for disabled people and their families when they need us, and to work towards a society where all disabled people enjoy equality and fairness. If you'd like to help us continue this vital work, you can make a donation or set up a regular gift today. Simply visit scope.org.uk forward slash donate, or call us for free on 0808 800 3333. We're open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. on weekdays and from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on weekends and bank holidays. Thank you for your support.